Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He says, come to Christ. Doesn't say come to Peter. He says, come to Christ, who is the cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he is precious to God who chose him. And now God is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple. So what Pete says is, we have a foundation of the church. It's Jesus Christ. It's a cornerstone. But all of us who profess Jesus, we're little stones. We're just being built into this big thing called the church. So it gives us an illusion of a building. It has been a debate that has been in the church for centuries. It has divided Protestants and Catholics for many years. What did Jesus mean when he said to Peter, on this rock I will build my church? Was he speaking of Peter or his confession of him as the Messiah? In today's message, Pastor Mark shows from God's word that even Peter did not believe Jesus was referring to him. Jesus was going to build the foundation of his church upon himself the cornerstone. He was going to make all of us who believe living stones in the building of his church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, What's This Thing Called the Church? It's a universal church. It's a universal church. It's worldwide. Any person, doesn't matter they're Catholic, Protestant, whatever, if they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, ask him to come in and change their life and begin following him and obeying the Bible, they're believers. And when you see that happening, that's the universal church. Went to this incredible church in Japan, taught with an interpreter, and here was people I've never seen before, but we are family. Why? Because we have the same head, Jesus Christ. And see, the church is universal, but it's also local. And, of course, the First Baptist and the Presbyterian and the Church of Christ over here, we're all family together. We're just in different buildings. Now, there's some we're not family with that call themselves church. You know, the Church of Scientology. It's interesting. It's an oxymoron. It's not science, and it's not a church. And, and they're just totally pagan. The Mormons, well, they don't believe in the same Jesus. They, they would never say, you are the son of the living God. So they're not part of us. They call themselves a church, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, but they're, they're pagans. They're wonderful people. They're just lost. And so when you think about that, we have a local church, we have a universal church, but the bottom line is this. The most basic element of a church is a person who's accepted Jesus Christ. See, the body says, uh, when we accept Christ, he comes into us and we become the body of Christ. We become a living temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you became a Christian, God came and lived within you. I am the church. You are the church. People are the church. Now, when we speak of the word church, 
Is there a church, universal, local, or individual, that's perfect? Well, let's go to the basic unit of a church. The basic unit of a church is people. Any person you know that's perfect? I know a few would like to raise your hands, but your spouse will take care of that in a heartbeat. Because, here we go, there are no perfect people. You got it. You're not perfect. Go ahead and do it. Because we like to say, you're not perfect. So there are no perfect churches. When I go through this, the reason I'm using this as a backdrop is because you're going to see this morning, we have to differentiate a few things. And when I go through this, you're going to understand there are no perfect churches. The leader of the church is perfect. That's God, Jesus. But there are no perfect churches. We're just people. And if you're searching for one, you won't ever find one because you're going to be part of it. Quit looking for the perfect church. You won't find it. Now let's go and tackle this difficult situation. Verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now when Jesus used the word rock, for you and I that doesn't mean too much. For the Jews, it meant a lot. Let's say you struggle with a a devotion during the week. You you want to do something. Let me give you something. Take your concordance or your Bible computer program. You can get them very reasonable. Put the word rock in to search for all the, and just just search through the Old Testament. What will you find? You'll find the word rock used everywhere in the Old Testament. See, the rock in the Old Testament was equal to God. Stable, firm, not moving, can be trusted. Let me read you a couple of verses. Deuteronomy 32.4. He, God, is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright in justice. 2 Samuel 22.2. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. So when Jesus was standing there and he says to Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Well, there's three Things that we have to look at. Three options. What does this rock mean? And that will divide us a little bit. Now remember, what is the background? The background is rock. Remember that. So, in the original language, it's kind of a play on words. The original language makes it clearer than just rock, rock. He says, you are a rock, Petros. He says to Peter, Peter, you're a little stone. You're a little rock. Your little rock. And then Jesus goes on and he says, upon this rock, big rock, huge rock, foundation boulder, I will build my church. So here's the three questions. The rock that Jesus is going to build on, is it Peter? Is it Peter's testimony? He says, well, you're God and you're the Messiah. Is that the rock? Is that confession of who Jesus is and everybody that believes that becomes a Christian? Or is it number three? Is Jesus saying here, Peter, you're a little stone. And Peter, remember the the backdrop is is rock. And, And Jesus says by singling, and on Jesus, and on this rock, 
I'm going to build my church. So let's go through the three. Is Jesus saying, Peter, little stone, I'm going to build the church on a man? Or, Peter, on this confession you just made, that I'm God, I'm the Messiah, on that confession, I'm going to build my church. And everybody that belongs to my church is going to have to make that confession. Or, is, is the rock, Jesus says, with his background, living rock, on this rock, Jesus, I'm the foundation of the church. Which of those three is it? Now, when you come through that, it's basically divided into two churches. The Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, and the Protestant Church. And we believe a lot the same in a lot of things, but there is a difference here. We're not trying to slam anybody's church. I already told you that there's no perfect church. Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. doesn't matter what church they belong to as long as they follow the Lord and the Bible. So we believe there's certainly Catholics that are Christians, Protestants are Christians. There's a lot of people in the Catholic Church that are not saved. There's lots of people in the Protestant churches that aren't saved. I want to tell you that there's still people in this church that aren't saved. So it's not about the church. Remember, it all comes down to what? An individual saying, who do you say I am? So understand what I'm going to say. So the Catholic Church believes that when Jesus made this statement, the statement was to Peter himself. And the Catholic Church believes when Jesus said, Peter, on you, I'm going to build this church. And from that came the Catholic Church. Now, understand the word Catholic just means universal. Universal is everybody. But the Roman Catholic Church, by the way, that split in the Eastern Orthodox Catholic Church is different. But they believe that when Jesus said, Pete, on you, I'm going to build my church, that all the authority for every church would come under a man. That man would be a pope. And that man would be succeeded by other Peters as it moved down through time. Now, as centuries began and moved along, something else changed. Not was just a man the head of the church now, but when this pope or man would speak, he could speak with infallible truth. In other words, there would be times that the pope would speak Ex-cathedra, it's called. Ex-cathedra. It means on matters of faith and matters of morals, not just any time the Pope would speak, but when the Pope would speak on matters of faith and moral, his words were just as true as the Bible. So what happened over time is, this became the authority in the Catholic Church, plus man's, the Pope's words that would need to be added to the Bible. Sometimes the Pope's words were even more reliable than the Bible. Now, you can imagine that we struggle a little with that, and that's one of the main things, that it isn't formed on a man. You'll, You'll see this in a moment. But we don't believe in matters of faith and morals that man can add to the Bible. Doesn't need to be added to the Bible. You see, guys... This is, where, this is where we differ a little bit. Now, what is the Protestant view of this? What do we believe? Well, we believe one of these last two things. That when Jesus spoke, he didn't say, I'm going to put my church on a man. One of these two things. That the Protestant church, what Jesus was saying is, on the profession of every person that says, you're the Christ, you're God, you're the Messiah, I believe in you. That's what the church is made of. People that believe in the Messiah. Or 
we believe that what Jesus was saying is, Pete, on me, you're a little stone, but on me, I'm going to base my church. So Protestants believe that the church is not based on a man, but based on God, or the testimony, the profession of truth. Do you get it? The three things. So you see the difference. Now, let me, I think you'll make this very clear. If Jesus is talking to me and I'm Pete, and he just says, Pete, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Is there anybody standing there, Pete and Jesus, do you think Pete would understand what Jesus just said about rock? Do you think he would understand the meaning of the word rock? Do you? Well, sure he would. Pete wouldn't go, what do you mean by rock? I don't understand rock. If he didn't understand rock, God would have explained it to him. Jesus would have explained to him. Am I correct? He wouldn't have walked away and said, Pete says, man, he says, I'm a rock. What, 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 what's the rock? I don't know what the rock is. Why didn't you ask him? I didn't want to ask him. He asked, he knew. If anybody knew what rock meant, Pete knew what rock meant. Now, to do that, you have to keep your finger right there. Let's go back and see what Pete wrote about it. When you see it, it will be explicitly clear. First Peter chapter two, first Peter chapter two. Just get your Bible. That's why you have a Bible. Flip back toward the end, almost to the book of Revelation, first Peter chapter two. And you're going to see Peter, by his own testimony, never saw him as the rock. He never saw himself as that which the church was going to be built on. In fact, Peter's going to explain it was built on people who confess that Jesus Christ is God, the Messiah, and their Savior. Now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Now, this is Peter later, and he's going to use the same terms we heard. Rock, living, stones. So he understood what it was. Take a look. Come to Christ... Come to God, Jesus, who is the, have we heard living before? Yes, you are the son of the living God. So here we go again. Peter says, come to Christ, who is the living cornerstone. Now, we don't understand that, but in a building, a cornerstone is the foundation. It's the most important part on the foundation. He says, come to Christ. Doesn't say come to Peter. He says, come to Christ, who is the cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he is precious to God who chose him. And now God is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple. So what Pete says is, we have a foundation of the church. It's Jesus Christ. It's a cornerstone. But all of us who profess Jesus, we're little stones. We're just being built into this big thing called the church. So it gives us an illusion of a building. So if you're a Christian this morning... You're a little stone. You're not the stone. We don't believe God ever established his church on a man. Hallelujah. But living stones. He says, in a spiritual temple. Now this next one I'll explain in a moment. It's going to cause you a little trouble. It's okay. What's more, you are God's holy priest. Well, who is the you? Is he talking to a bunch of bishops? Is he talking to a bunch of popes? Is he talking to a bunch of Catholics? A bunch of Protestant ministers? No, he's talking to Christians. He says every Christian is a, a priest. What? Yes. What? Well, I, I don't think so. Well, Pete thought, though, this is the word of God. He goes on. Who offered the spiritual sacrifice that pleased him because of Jesus Christ. As the scriptures express it, I am placing Peter, watch me read it, I am placing Peter in Jerusalem, a chosen cornerstone, and anyone who believes in Peter will never be disappointed. Does that make sense to you? Would anybody be disappointed in Peter? Lots of people would. So would Peter. 
Do you remember right after this, we'll get to it, right after this, Peter says, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. Peter says, you're not going to the cross. What, are you crazy? And you know what Jesus says to Pete? Hey, Pete, the man that I just put in charge of the church, Satan's now in you. Careful. So let's read how it is. As the scriptures express it, I am placing a stone, Jesus, in Jerusalem, a chosen cornerstone, Jesus, the foundation of the church. And anyone who believes in Jesus will never be disappointed. Amen. That's truth. That's the difference. So when you see it, it's exquisitely clear to us of these principles. Peter himself, by his own testimony, does not see himself as that rock. So what do we believe? We believe as Protestants, one of those two things, and they're kind of the same. We don't believe, and I'll go through seven things for you in a moment really quick. We believe that The rock that Jesus is talking about was either he pointed to himself, the rock, I'm the cornerstone, or the profession of faith. As you believe, as you say, I believe that you're Jesus, you're God, you're the Messiah, you're my Savior. On that rock, that truth is how the church of Christ is built. Now, let me give you seven things, and you can't write them down this morning. You can't write them down. Let me just go through them quickly. Number one, we believe here that the Bible teaches that God did not build his church on a man or a human. The reason we believe that is, the scripture points it out. Secondly, there is no perfect human. So if we have a church built on this fluctuating man, it would be, I'm glad today the church is not built on me. And I'm glad the church is not built on you. It's built on God. Now, second, we do believe, when we mention Peter, that the Bible teaches that Peter was mightily used by God, but he was simply one of many leaders in the early church. Peter was used by God. He was an incredible believer after the day of Pentecost. He preached the first sermon. He was used mightily in the church. But even when we get to the book of Acts, Acts around 15, 16, somewhere in that area, the church had to come back to Jerusalem. They had to come back to Jerusalem to decide what to do with these Gentiles. When they came back to Jerusalem, we had leaders from all over come back. You know who the leader was at that meeting? Of all these New Testament leaders? was not Peter. See, if he'd have been the Pope, he'd have been, he was not. The leader was actually James, the brother of Jesus. So he was a leader, but one of many, many, many leaders. Now, let me show you a verse, not to cause any problems with maybe your background, but watch what happens to Peter. Peter knows exactly who he is. He's not special. In Acts chapter 10, follow me, look at me just for a moment, then we'll read it. Peter is challenged by God to go to this Gentile home. Well, Jews don't go to Gentile homes. And God had to work with him. And he gave him this vision. And three times he gave him, began to speak. And finally Peter said, okay, I'll go to the Gentile home. What Jesus was trying to say is my church is going to be Jews and Gentiles. Peter said, that can't be. No, that's the way it's going to be. You go to the home. As he goes into the home of Cornelius, Cornelius is a Gentile. Here's this incredible holy leader, a man. Notice what happens. As Peter entered the house... Cornelius, this unbeliever, a believer who was just kind of trying to figure out who God was, met him, and what did Cornelius do? Watch this. He fell at his feet in what? In reverence. Now, why did he fall on his feet in reverence? Because he wanted to honor this, he wanted to revere this man, this holy man of God. Now, notice what Pete does. This is very important you understand this. Not making fun, you need to understand this. Pete doesn't say, thank you. 
I want to bless you. What does Pete do? What's it say he does? He says to Cornelius, what? Stand up. Well, why should he stand up? Because I am only a man myself. Do you understand what the Bible teaches? We don't bow down to any man. Now, I know you respect me. You should. I'm a leader. I'm a pastor. But you don't revere me. I'm not holy. Only God's holy. Do you understand the difference? So if Peter is the first pope, we have a problem. Because we don't see that today, do we? We see a special reverence, a bowing down, kissing to the ring, all these kind of things. No, pizza, stand up. I'm just a man. By the way, he wasn't the first pope. There is no man that, the only person we bow down to is God. You don't bow down to me. You don't bow to any man or woman. We bow down to God. By the way, we don't bow down, John found this out, to angels. Only God. Only God is who we bow down to. Number three, we believe the Bible teaches the priesthood of all believers. That's a tough one for us. Remember, Peter said, you are God's holy priest. See, there's no, the New Testament doesn't make any, watch me, any distinction between clergy and laity, between pastors, priests, now, people that publicly are in front of people and the person in the congregation in the pew. There's no kind of distinction made. Now, there is a distinction made for the gifts that we have. Yes, I'm a leader, elder, bishop, overseer, pastor, all the same meaning. We're just servant leaders. Yes, I have a different role. I have a different function. I'm a leader. But I'm no better than the person in the seat because you're gifted. And we all, remember this verse, we all can approach God ourselves. So we don't need a go-between. You didn't have to come to me. You didn't have to go through a man. So we always submit to a leader as that leader submits to God. But the leader is no better. We're all equal. That's why the priesthood of believers. Number four, we don't see anywhere in the Bible that Peter or any man became the final authority of truth and morality. This is our truth. The Bible is always the final authority. We don't believe man can add to that or come up with his own interpretation of that. We don't believe in that ex-cathedral. We don't believe somebody can speak a word that actually becomes equal or better than the word of God. We don't believe any human can add to the word of God. Number five, this one you need to understand. Peter never took a vow of celibacy. How do I know that? Peter had a mother-in-law. Mother-in-law, mother-in-law. Now, if you have a mother-in-law, somewhere there's a wife. Am I right? So how do you explain that? You can't explain it. There's no vow of celibacy. A debate has existed in the church for many years surrounding Jesus' meaning when he said to Peter, Upon this rock I will build my church. Did he mean himself or Peter or Peter's confession of him as the Messiah? In today's message, Pastor Mark proved that Peter did not believe that he was the foundation of the church. No, Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone of the church, and we who believe are all living stones in it. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. There has been some confusion over the years regarding what it means to be a part of the church, the body of Christ. Some think they can just join the church like they would their favorite social club. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will correct this error and remind us, among other things, that one cannot just join the church by deciding to do so. The church is a living body of believers. You don't join it. You are born into it by faith. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here